mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Finance to fetishes. Yeah, we, we, we cover it all. I hate small talk so much in a party with strangers. I don't care about your life that much. I want to hear about like all the problems in your yeah, relationship. Right. That's how right we in. bond. I think it's tough to date somebody that's a different sex drive than you. And I think that for women, it can leave you feeling not desired. I had to ghost him in my own building <laughs> during a worldwide quarantine. <laughs> Shame me for talking about sex. We have built this empire based on it. Like, I don't care. Those are my decisions. You can do whatever you want to do. I don't fucking care. Guys, I do not think that you are ready for this podcast. I have been a fan of Girls Gotta Eat for not that long, I'll be honest, but the length of time does not account for just how many episodes of this podcast that I have consumed and just how many times I have looked crazy on the tube listening to the most outrageous things or doing like a really wholesome activity and just listening to things that if they ever were blasted out loud would probably make me cry and maybe die in public. So after this, you're going to go and find Girls Gotta Eat and you're going to listen to the podcast. But in the meantime, if you want to know the behind the scenes of Girls Gotta Eat, this is the episode for you to be listening to. I was absolutely pissing myself laughing. Of course, this is a slight escape from the general businessy type topics we have on working hard, hardly working. However, I think that does not mean it is any less relevant. We spend this episode talking about your dilemmas, your big questions about sex, dating and relationships. And Ashley and Raina get real open about their journey so far, their opinions on the fact that Ashley's been vocal about not wanting to have children and got shit for it online, pretty much everything from engagements that have fallen through to crazy tour stories. And I am going to need you to listen to this episode and send it to your friends. It is chaos in the best way possible. So enjoy, have a good day. Maybe don't play this on speaker. Raina Greenberg and Ashley Hesseltine are the hilarious hosts behind Girls Gotta Eat, one of the biggest US comedy podcasts all about dating, sex and relationships. With over 200 episodes and 2.5 million downloads per month, Girls Gotta Eat has been educating and entertaining listeners on all things from sexual fetishes to finances, bringing in special guests including therapists, comedians and authors to offer expert advice. Dating, breakups, sex fails, getting rejected and being ghosted have happened to everyone and this podcast explores it all, featuring honest and hilarious conversation along the way. Earlier this year, Ashley and Raina also launched their own brand, Good Vibes Only, a first-of-its-kind sex toy company that connects to an audio erotica app with an aim to make porn more accessible to women. With one of the vibrators in their collection having sold out twice with a perpetual wait list, Ashley and Raina are killing the game and I'm so excited to be sitting down with them today to hear all about how they got to where they are today and to answer some of your dilemmas. Thanks so much for joining me. Of course. I feel like I've had you guys in my ears for like a long time. Like I started listening to you 
in actually like not that long ago but you know when you find something you like and you just like blitz it like I was on um on like a very wholesome like family holiday listening to <laughs> listening to everything on your podcast we love was, that. Like, with the family <laughs> yeah like everyone sit down the way I found you guys it wasn't through socials I searched a keyword I can't remember what it was but like you know when you're thinking about something for a long time and it's something you're talking with your friends about a lot searched it and your it was in one of your titles and I was like what's this and I was like listening to it and I was like oh this is a good That's discovery yeah well your phone is always listening to you when I know. so it'd be funny if we could be serving ads that when people are talking about blowjobs with their friends, they look down at their <laughs> yeah, phone and they get our podcast, it pops up. Like, how do we get in on that? What if a guy was yelling and he was like, you never suck my dick. And then it's and like then pops, it up. pops up, like how to give a better blowjob. <laughs> and you're like, this is the sign from God. So I want to get back to the beginning of like you starting the podcast and what made you start it, how it was at the beginning versus how it is now. Can I just get the story? Well, I always say I'm, I'm the anniversary person. So this month is our five year anniversary of becoming best friends, Congrats. meeting like what we met. Yeah, yeah. our friend anniversary. So I had this idea to do a podcast when I was in Atlanta. And then when I moved to New York, I'd been doing a little TV, a little radio, stand-up comedy, all the things. And I also became just very interested in relationships and talking about them, analyzing them. I went through a pretty rough breakup that mm-hmm. I just couldn't shut the fuck up about, mm-hmm. you know. So I just was like, maybe I can just talk about this for a living <laughs> and like learn more and also have a comedic twist. So I had this idea that I wanted to do a podcast about relationships, dating, sex. I've always been super open about that kind of stuff. That was also comedy. And I was going to do it with this guy and it just kind of fell through, thank God. And then I still really wanted to do it. I also felt like that was the next career pivot I wanted right. to take from like blogging to influencer stuff to podcast was the next thing that I personally wanted to do. And I had it in my head. I knew I wanted to do it. And then I met Raina on this trip in October of 2017. We were on this influencer trip in Aruba and we met and really hit it off. And we did talk about a lot of like dating relationships, like all the horror stories, all the funny stories. And we came back to New York. We became real friends post trip. And I was like, I want to start this, figure this out before the end mm-hmm. of the year. Like I had an end of the year goal and I was literally just on the couch one night and texted Raina like, would you want, I actually think we were texting about like being single in New York City and dating. Mm-hmm. I thought she was so funny and super open. <laughs> of course, there was a question on my mind of would she be this open mm-hmm. on a public right. platform, which I asked her right away. But I basically just asked, would you want to do a podcast? And she said yes immediately. I think she was like typing, like the bubble popped up before <laughs> I barely even hit send. And then my next question was, are you open about this kind of thing? Because you just you know, not everybody is. Like right. some people have a corporate job. I knew she didn't have that. We were living the same type of lifestyle, but I'm like, are she going to think, let her dad hear this, mm-hmm. you know? And so it just worked out and we really started talking about it, brainstorming, having drinks, going to coffee, and I think kind of vetting each other. Like, is right. this person a hard worker? Do they follow through with what they right. say they're going to do? Are they creative? Are they smart? You know, can they spell? <laughs> Things like that. Um, <laughs> she cannot. <laughs> and I was like, that's actually, that doesn't check the list. I'm kidding. Um, but then we really started treating it like a business. Like, yeah, I, it I, is. You're co-founders. But a lot of people just throw a mic up and they right. throw something against the wall. I mean, we were like, let's do promo photos. Let's have a, a brand before we launched this out into the world to our combined million followers yeah. on Instagram. And that was the the origin story. And we started it right around Valentine's Day, February 18th. This morning, I was looking at my old engagement photos from my engagement that ended. And I was like thinking as I was peeing this morning, looking at them, <laughs> I don't even like remember a life before <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> it's a different life. It was a different life. And, you know, when she approached me for this, I was at a point in my life where I was like ready to do something different. I was food blogging. I had this giant food and travel blog, but I wasn't 
wasn't finding the joy in it I wanted anymore. Mm. And I felt like it's time to do this next thing. And what is the next thing? And I'm always really purposeful with the risks I take. I think, mm-hmm. you know, can I be good at this? Can I be an expert at it? Am I going to be able to support myself doing this? Her and I were really purposeful in starting this as a business. So we took it really seriously and also made it fun. But every episode has a purpose. There's not, there's a takeaway from right. all of them. We wanted promo photos on a website, like she said. And this wasn't like, let's just throw this at a wall, figure yeah. it out, you know? And you and, can tell that as well, because I think that like, even the format you do it, like, because I, I was listening to you guys before I, almost like just before I restarted my podcast. And I was like thinking the things that drew me in for every single episode was like, regardless of whether it's like an expert you're interested in, you're going to be interested in it because you have like the rapport at the beginning, which is really important. Then you bring them in, but it's always kind of like, there is a takeaway. Like it is completely like cemented on something, which as someone who is doing podcasting, like I can reassure anyone who's not like, that's not fucking easy. Like it's not Mm -hmm. easy to kind of like do the research and get someone to like actually go along those lines and share the information and Mm -hmm. all of that with it also still not being staged. Like you guys make it look easy, but it's not fucking easy. Well, thank you. And we put a lot of effort into the guests that we pick and the topics that we pick. And we try mm-hmm. to think, have we done really serious episodes like back to back? Is it time to switch it up with something funnier? Mm-hmm. If we've done something really heavy or a mental health episode, is it time to do something sex related? And we put a lot of thought into that. And even if you don't know the guests, we want there to be a takeaway that's like a hot take. I think most podcasts I listen to based on the guests they have that week, yours I don't. Like, as in it will be, like, based on, like, you know it's going to be a good episode. Well, and we, we after after four and a half years, we run the numbers. We know that people, it just doesn't matter. I mean, we know what's most popular. I mean, the episodes of Just Us perform at the very top. Mm -hmm. Right after that's probably the episodes where we have guys come in and explain how they think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This window into their world. They share all their secrets, Mm -hmm. you know. And then, of course, people really like mental health as much as sucking dick yeah. truly so we we, we yeah. love that and what it, a title thank you <laughs> thank you for giving us the title to the episode i always say um porn stars to politicians but it is mental health to sucking and dick finance off. to fetishes <laughs> finance to fetishes yeah we, we we cover it all so you know sometimes people are like you need to tell us when the interview starts we're like no no figure it out on yeah, your, it's on part your of, own yeah you know like <laughs> and then the other half of the people are like we just want you to yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. so whatever yeah no i mean i can tell you do it really like you you do it as a business and it it shows in like the amount of effort you put in but it also feels effortless which i know sounding like the biggest fangirl i would honestly write you a fucking reference i'd I'd do like a trust (laughs) pilot review and how long did it take from starting it to blowing up i mean we joke (laughs) that we knew we had something day one i mean we really i mean the amount of time i put into editing that first episode condensing it to under 40 minutes that was this vision i had like keep it short now they're Mm -hmm. like you know an hour and a half Mm -hmm. but we feel like our sweet spot is this hour and 20, hour and 30. Mm-hmm. But we we hit we were hitting two hours and we we're like, it's too much. It's too much right. for discovery. Like, who's signing up for a two-hour right. episode? Absolutely. But at the very beginning, they were like 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Yeah. So, we, I mean, we put it out there in the world. Again, Rain and I had followers already. So right. people always, if they're going to ask, how can I start a podcast from the ground up with no following, I couldn't really tell you how to do yeah, it. I have right. some ideas, but that wasn't our story. So we had that going for us. and But that doesn't necessarily mean people are going to like it or they're going to come back. And we were hearing from people that were close to us, friends and family, but also strangers. I mean, right after the first episode of like, you girls really have something here. I yeah. love this. People were leaving yeah. reviews on iTunes and back when we used to read them before they t- took a turn. But it just, we did feel that right. in our gut. I like joke that we were in Miami, like before the second episode, we did one episode. <laughs> we had the second one on deck, but we were like, girls got to eat in Miami. Like, like we're so <laughs> big deal. Like, I think that, like we really did feel it. Yeah. And then... I feel like th- when we got 
representation, WME reached out to us right. in July. That was when Amazing. we were like, this is that felt like the real thing of like we're we have the now we're being we're gonna be wrapped. Yeah. We have the the eyes of these people on us. Well the chemistry is so important as well. And I know you're obviously just saying like looking back at obviously like your past engagement photos and like uh, thinking like I can't remember a life where it wasn't with Ashley. It is <laughs> a different type of yeah, literally. about their children. <laughs> yeah, literally. But like it is a different type of relationship. I mean, I would feel that way about I don't know, my managing director at my business, like uh-huh. all of these things that are like partnerships. And it's like I am so I feel so passionate about feeling female friendships like I think female friendships are genuinely like the best thing in the world like as in and I think part of vetting each other was what does the rest of their life look like do Mm -hmm. they have friends are is family important to this Mm -hmm. person and everybody that's listened to the show for four and a half years has been along for the ride of our whole friendship pretty much and it's been so fun because so many she told me story yesterday that I'd never heard before because we didn't grow up together we didn't go to college together we don't have a history together so we were learning so much about each other through the show but female friendship is really one of the hottest topics that we cover people mm-hmm. love you know can I grow apart and come back to somebody mm-hmm. um this is a really toxic friendship in my life how do I mm-hmm. walk away from it I don't have any friends and how do I make them and those have been some of our really most popular episodes and female friendship is the most important thing in the world yeah. to me and I've had mm-hmm. relationships come and go but like that is the like the anchor in my life I mean it's truly like I have a joke that I get it from my mom like I, it's the thing that I truly feel like is the thing that I am the best at is these female friendships and it's always been like that I feel like I didn't necessarily because I, I like moved schools a lot like I was definitely mm-hmm. like had you know would would be really happy like making new friends and it not necessarily being about like the length of friendship and stuff yeah. but I would say that like as I've grown up female friendships have genuinely like every single year like life has taught me like just how important they are and just how like without fail they will make you feel better than like any single relationship any like genuinely like I, I honestly I feel like I could be like the biggest like, spokesperson for it yes. just I think it is so important and I think like trying to develop that and like in a world where we're often told that we kind of like need to be in a romantic relationship to kind of be like valued or have that love or have that like support being able to kind of create those support systems I think is like so 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 important and Absolutely. so valuable I feel like Ashley and I do this show about dating and sex and relationships but we always say the number one takeaway should be that you build a life you're excited about and then mm-hmm. the relationships like the cherry on top like we we are so close to our families and our friends and we really encourage people to like have a job that's exciting to you or have no job if that's exciting to you and have hobbies and like how nice is it to find a partner that adds to your life right and I love to date people that they have like all these friends I can be introduced to and hobbies they can teach me about not like camping or anything like that but like, <laughs> other hobbies. inside ones and indoor activities (laughs) I think it's so nice to also like people say like I'm so lonely and if you are I would suggest maybe if like the dating stuff is depressing you find other stuff and you'll feel less lonely Mm. and the more you say yes and the more you go out the more people you'll meet I think that because the easiest way to meet new people I would say probably is dating we're kind of taught that we can like meet that many new people who are who we might be romantically involved with but not really taught that about friendship. Like it seemed Mm -hmm. like when you're lonely, it's like, oh, maybe you should meet someone. And it's also like, actually knowing that probably comes and goes probably a lot more than, you know, why do we see it in a way where that's the way you can meet new people as an adult rather than actually, you know, we all develop friendships, but like that should be so much more of a concentration, I feel. I totally agree. I mean, I guess if someone said like, I'm lonely, I'd wonder why. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if someone said to me, I don't have a lot of friends, 
and I don't have a romantic partner, I'd be like, let's focus on the friends Mm -hmm. before we even go down this road of a romantic partner. Because then what you're going to do is latch onto that person. And then you're not as actually a desirable partner if that's all you have is them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we've done episodes on how to make friends and it doesn't come as easily to everybody. Mm. And we totally understand that. But I don't... I don't know. With a, I don't think there's many types of people out there in the world that can't make friends. I mean, right. the exceptions of just, I don't know, crazy narcissist sociopaths. But even they have friends. So I think it's not, <laughs> like I say that in a hopeful way. But I think that's it's so important. And so to people who like would listen and think, yeah, agree. Female friendships, amazing. I don't have them. I know you've obviously done a huge amount of episodes on them and obviously like main advice, go and listen to them. But what would be your like key advice having met each other, not, you know, through school, not through kind of that? I I mean, I think everybody is different. I'd I'd have to, with advice, because we can give like general cliche advice, like say yes to more things, like to go out on a limb, you know, those are, and I strongly stand by that. Go do, take a class or of some sort, start an intramural sport, like whatever it is and but some people are just really shy and introverted, and then some people don't know how to, like, follow up with a friend. You know, like, Rain and I could have gone on that trip and never talked again. Right, true. So sometimes it's a matter of, like, are you insecure about someone liking you? You know, like, mm-hmm. shoot them a DM. Like, send them a compliment. Like, see see how – I don't know. Raina can speak on this. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do like the advice of saying yes to everything because I think that it does just open doors and you'll meet more people. And it's not that fun. You're going right. to end up going to shit you hate, and you're going to end up being around people you don't like. But at the end of that, you hopefully will meet more people. And I was thinking the other – like, this girl messaged me yesterday. She is a good friend of a bunch of our good friends. She's um, thinking of getting a breast reduction. She was mm-hmm. like, would you mind – because I've had one. And she said, would you mind getting a drink with me? I'd love to just talk to you about this. And I – I think my friends are great, and I think most of the friends they would pick are going to be great, right. too. And so I said yes, for sure, and, like, this will be a new friend now. And it's not it's not the most fun thing in the world. Yeah, would I rather be on my couch not hanging out with a stranger? Sure. But if your complaint <laughs> – not her in particular, <laughs> but if your main complaint is I feel lonely yeah. and I don't have friends, then you do have to go do these things. And there, w- mm. there was this, like, really interesting article a few, a few years ago, which was about the joy of, like – cancelling and like flaking on things like that like instant kind of like dopamine hit you get from you're just like at the end of the day and you're like I could I could cancel like as in like I'm not gonna be arrested like yeah maybe it's not the best thing, but like yeah. I, I, we're not gonna die and like that like small dopamine hit but then actually afterwards that kind of like you're like another evening where I've like decided like against doing something that could be really good for me and that's not to say that like cancelling for your mental health and also sometimes because you're just shot and like all of that is important but there are so many times as well like I'm I can be so guilty of it when it's like or I definitely used to be and now I'm trying to be a lot more conscious of it where it's actually like okay fine I don't currently want to go to this because I want to literally mindlessly scroll on Mm -hmm. my phone and like watch some reality tv but like will it make me feel better and could it be something that I would really enjoy and like if it's not could I leave within half an hour yes yeah what if you meet somebody really cool there um her and I are going to this event later and it's not my dream to work all day long and then run to right. an event, but like mm-hmm. you might meet somebody cool and like maybe they can help you professionally. Maybe they have a brother that's really hot. Like you never know who you're going to meet. <laughs> it's not always that endless. fun. It's, yeah. I, Ashley and I work really hard. Everybody works really hard. I don't want to get dressed and go to an event at six mm. o'clock, but we've been saying yes to more stuff lately and like I really enjoyed it very much. Yeah. And I, I again, I always want to validate this doesn't come naturally to everybody. It's yeah. not easy. I Again, it's like the, the I feel like the strongest talent that I have is making friends. So I but it's not so easy for someone to 
just start up a conversation or follow up with a, yeah. with a text or so. But I think if things there's a lot to be said for doing things in your life that you scare you a little, yeah. but don't come naturally in the first place. You can even approach it like that. Like people say, like, do something that scares you every day. I don't think you need to do that. That's stressful. <laughs> I but I mean, if, if something oh, no. <laughs> gives <laughs> Life's scary enough. Like, I don't yeah, want to be exactly. putting myself like, in Scrolling the internet, that's <laughs> fucking scary. Yeah. Looking on Twitter. My comments, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Going to yeah, reading the comments. Exactly. I just I do do something every day that scares me. Look at yourself without a filter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take a photo with your front-facing camera. Uh but it's that's again it's like if it gives you a little bit of anxiety and stress uh, i mean and it, it those things lead to growth as well so right. yeah it, no it's I also short term discomfort for like long term gains like you'll yeah. do this yeah. forever yeah. Yeah. you know and you, you don't, don't need to do all the things that scare you just like a 50% of them. Yeah, like, I don't need any more friends. I'm tapped out, so right. I feel fine canceling. <laughs> yeah. I do not have a problem I have with this. five groups of friends that I, like, literally plan trips with. Right. Like, I'm all set on yeah. the friend groups. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely get that. I want to talk about the beginning of Girls Gotta Eat and the fact that it was kind of way before its time, I'd say, in terms of, like, now, I think, you know, with TikTok and everything and with, like, people... It, happily being a lot less kind of quote unquote polished in terms of like the way you come across and being very like we only talk about the things within this but not the things uh -huh. out of this um obviously girls gotta eat has i mean i would say no boundaries <laughs> like i'm not sure yeah maybe i'm wrong I, no i feel like growing I up i was <laughs> I love don't get her started on boundaries i know that's that's my dopamine she'll head start actually <laughs> she'll start plugging books oh, talk about boundaries, boundaries. <laughs> no. um i i was always like the girl growing up that like said this crazy shit and people right. were like wait what <laughs> I I was <laughs> yeah, no that's that's still my that's still who I am but um now I get paid for it no I always <laughs> felt like insecure because I was always that girl that was like what's gonna come out of her mouth next mm. and it wasn't so crazy to me I grew up in a sex positive environment yeah. I was popular and well liked and I felt empowered to like talk about what I wanted I felt as confident as anybody feels in high school. I felt yeah. confident enough. And then, you know, you harness it a little bit more. And I think that I have just been able to, yeah, not have a lot of boundaries with what I say and own the fact that I don't have them. It doesn't make me sloppy or loose or crazy. Um, it's just, that's who I am. And I'm going to talk about whatever I want to talk about. And Ashley's yeah. like that too. There's no, I mean, her and I, we hold secrets of other people's. We're mm -hmm. not going to talk about other people's shit, yeah. but our yeah. shit are totally on the table. Yeah, I think you, however you grow up and you, where you're taught that you have value. I mean, for me, I feel like I learned at an early age that making people laugh was valuable. Right. It made me well liked and being, I wasn't judged by my family or people around me. So, and then going to college in the South, I was like the kind of the crazier and funnier I am, the cooler I am. Right. And I'm the one that's like talking so crazy about sex and everything with people that are maybe a little more reserved in, in the South. So it just, I always felt like, that it was valuable to be so open and humorous and talk about sex. Like, it only brought me more <laughs> success in terms of being liked, mm. job, all the things. Like, I had blogs before we started this where I was just so open and sh always sharing these, like, crazy stories, sex stories, drunk stories, whatever it is. So, to me, it was like... I just kept what I don't know what the word. It's just I get, it kept encouraging me to do more. I, there was yeah, never you a drawback for it for me. So, yeah, yeah, which I think is so interesting because I think that that like I I've always been the same. Like I would say that I not that I hold back online, but I'm definitely like a very, I say some wild shit mm -hmm. and like that's like how 
how I am. It's how I make friends. It's how I relate to people. It's part of the reason I yeah. wanted to have a podcast because I was like, even if I'm sitting here with a really serious business person, I don't relate to people on a serious level. That's not how I like yeah. get to talk to people mm-hmm. or get to know people. I like to break down their boundaries and mm-hmm. kind of just be like, <laughs> break down their boundaries. I like to, That's <laughs> I like to make them feel uncomfortable. We're the ones in the corner with somebody talking about shit. You're like, how do they even get here? I hate exactly. small talk so yeah. much in a party with strangers. I don't care about your life that much. I want to hear about like all the problems in your yeah. relationship. Right. I that's how right we in. bond. Yeah. As women, like we are, we all are. I mean, most of us are doing this. We're having sex. We're dating, or we're struggling with this thing. So it's mm-hmm. like that's how we. That's how I bond mm. with other women is like talking about this stuff. And as a result of that, have you? Do you find that obviously you guys have been really successful? Do you find that there have been points where you've been taken less seriously because the subject matter is sex? I don't give a fuck. I'm like I, I. We do so well. We are listen. We're so successful. Like I'm like shame me for talking about sex. We have built this empire based on it. Like I don't care. Like what? Do you, who cares? Like, oh, you. It just doesn't. We're all having sex. Yeah. If you're bothered by it, it sounds like you aren't having sex. You know. So I just I don't care. I've never felt judged or not taken seriously. Like I guess there are people who would. Don't take me seriously. Who would never date me? I'm like, I don't know, yeah, man. I don't it's think... worked out pretty well. <laughs> and it's also probably a two-way street. Like, we probably <laughs> don't. I think we have so much, like, fixation, or at least as women, we're definitely taught to, like, what have this fixation kind of, like, on what people think of us, how likable we are, and also, like, how we, you know, like, we want people to like us it might be romantically or like obviously gross generalization but like in general I feel like I've grown up like wanting people to like me Mm -hmm. whether it is like men or like women like whatever it might be and those things that might take away from that it's really easy to be able to be like oh should maybe tone that down a bit but then actually even especially like on the men's side like if someone doesn't like you it's unlikely that you share the same values so well, like why right. would you want to be yes. it, it, it doesn't serve you to want to be right this is your shit who. not mine i don't like all <laughs> the comments when I, I the second i have a stand up clip that starts to pick up on tiktok right. so i'll read those comments for until this happens and then i just stop looking because right. it's a bunch of men a right. bunch of incels they're like, like all female comics do is talk about sex it's like Oh my god! First of all, not true. Yeah, this is just one clip of all the material that I all the of the ninety minutes of mm-hmm. like good material that I'm working with right now. It's just it's so annoying. So I'm not like bothered or offended. Right. I'm just like you fucking suck. Well, Why so are you such an so easy out? triggered by women talking about sex in the first place? Mm. Like this is a you issue, and just don't come to my shows then. Like, yeah, it's just what what are th- I'm always like, are men okay? Like they're just like pounding away in their keyboard. Like oh, women in comics do is talk about sex. It's just like it makes me feel crazy sometimes, uh-huh. but. I'm not like upset about it. Yeah. I'm just like get some help. If you don't dude. take us seriously, I'm judging you. <laughs> I I think it's I pretty think you silly. Have a bad to, sense of humor. I think you have a bad <laughs> sense of business because we've built an empire on this and an incredible community. We've toured worldwide. And if right. you think what I'm doing is ridiculous or stupid or you don't take me seriously, you are an idiot. Right. So I can't help you. And I'm not. I don't feel bad about it. Some people grew up more conservative. That's fine. Yeah. Some people yeah. are not of our generation. Also fine. Religious reasons. Whatever. Like I don't judge other people for who they are unless they're harming other people. Right. Or you're fucking boring and you suck but um it's very rare that we've ever come across i i don't recall really ever feeling judged brands all want to work with us yeah, yeah we're uh, talking to like a huge investor right now like about the other co- like we're, right. we're, people take us fucking seriously yeah. i've never really but also felt numbers it. don't like as in like people will That's, always yeah. be able to do that and that like the the people are, i mean tall poppy syndrome as is like if if people are doing well like pulling that down like it makes sense to like feel uncomfortable about people who would 
doing better. Yeah, and if you don't and like, like me, you could just ignore me. Oh, I'm that's fine so with that fine. No, literally. But what drives me insane on social media is it's like, you know that I haven't requested to add you to follow me. Like, as in, like, I this didn't hasn't been... Like- I didn't show up at your work. You showed up at my work. Well, it's so crazy because I don't know who you are. And you are dedicating a lot of energy into hating me. I, fi- I find it flattering. But it's just, like, Rain and I sometimes joke around. We're like, there's people, like, in these corners of the internet that spend so much time and energy talking about us. We don't know who you are. Yeah. It's just crazy mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. And you can so easily ignore, like, I always say that I don't follow any of the Kardashians. I am wearing good American jeans today. But um <laughs> so I, I do pay the money. So but I, I don't do actually them. support them. And then under that I have skims. No, I'm just kidding. But this is Ivy Park. But I just if Rain and I aren't famous enough that we're going to be on your TMZ or, like, if you just don't follow us and you don't listen to the podcast, we really cease to exist. I would like to talk about the fact that you guys have both been, I don't know if you've both been open. I've definitely heard at least one of you being open <laughs> online um, about not wanting to be parents. Oh, yeah. And being like, I don't care if you should agree. <laughs> like, it doesn't make well, sense. Well, our lives, me. and this is not an original thought, but our lives are not a judgment call on your life. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. I Things that are right for me in my socioeconomic position, in the area of the country I live in, the religion I grow, all those things, those are my decisions. Right. You can do whatever you want to do. I don't fucking care. Anyways. Yeah. I would actually <laughs> pop off about having not, not having kids. No, it's it's... Um, I have never wanted children. I've never felt felt the urge. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, when I was very young, you just think that's what you're going to do. But right. in my adult life, I haven't. Default. Yeah. So, and I don't feel judged by my family or anybody I've ever really spoken to. Again, if like, that's their problem, not mine. But we did a full episode on this and we, we did it with a lot of care and preparation because we just don't want to be so flippant to women who are struggling to right, have children or we we love all of our moms we love our moms for one but we love all of our mom <laughs> friends and, moms. you know i'm just like so excited to become an aunt and it's it, it's not about hating kids or right. thinking it's stupid to want them we'd have to that has to happen to keep the the, the, the <laughs> earth going but it's just not a choice that that we want and so i love talking about it and mm. I love normalizing it and when we did that episode the feedback was so incredibly positive and the thing that I didn't totally see coming was the messages that we got from mothers right and mothers who are very happily mothers that are like it the shit isn't for everyone right. and I, you really have to want it to, to, to dedicate your life to these children and then also some mothers who had like regret that they had kids and I I those like hit us so hard Mm -hmm. but people opened up to us they shared things with us they never told anybody and you know we just that impacted me the most Mm -hmm. and then of course women who shared our same stance who were like thank you for talking about this I feel so judged that I don't want children and so that's kind of a large part of what we do is just you know normalizing that conversation well I would also say that like I mean, I naively have not even questioned like whether I, I I just, because I always wanted kids like when I was younger, Mm -hmm. I have never questioned until probably like the last few years being like, but like, what does it mean to have a child? And like, do I actually want that? Or is it that like the default in my head is like, I'll get to this age and then I'll decide to have kids and then I'll take them to school and then I'll retire. And then I'll like, as in like, that's just made sense. And so it hasn't like, there's been no critical thinking. Like the brain has not been engaged. And like, I still think that I would like to have kids, but it's like never even cross my mind that that would not be the case. And I find that so insane because I would consider myself quite like a critical thinking person Uh and someone who would think about like everything they would want to do and all of that and that has just been like fast track 
fast track I'm not I'm trying to have children (laughs) there is no fast tracking in the pregnancy side in terms of that's the way my life stages will look and I just think when we think about that like that is fucking insane like the fact that that's the default I have always thought I would have children growing up and I I describe it exactly during the podcast you were like I'll have kids alone I don't care I I thought of it exactly as you had I thought it was a foregone conclusion and I Mm -hmm. never thought okay let's hit the pause button let's think what day to day looks like in order to be the kind of parent that, that I have you know, mm-hmm. in order to have the parents that dedicated their whole lives to me that were right. every weekend at the Little League field. My dad took us like the library for fun. Right. I, I never thought like, what does that look like day to day for me? It just was a foregone conclusion. And as I got older and I started hearing other women talk about this, I never heard a woman say like, yeah, I just don't want it. Yeah. I, it's just not for me. Like really until I met Ashley. And then I started thinking like. I don't know if I see this in my life. And I'm still not like 100% off. I would say if somebody dated me today, Mm -hmm. I would have them date me assuming I do not ever want to have Mm -hmm. children. I do not want somebody to go into a relationship with me today thinking maybe she will change her mind. You should date me as though I do not want children. There's some chance in this world that I'm like bored and want like something to do. I don't Um, (laughs) But I, I, it's always crazy when people say like if it happens, it happens. I'm like, what? The most important decision in your life you're going to base on if it happens, it happens. Well, I I, th- I feel for women, A, the most, that want children and are struggling to have them or of they course. want to have a, them with a partner and they don't have a partner. So that, first of all, is who I really, my heart goes out to the most. Secondly, is the w- women that are, don't know, you know, because and Kate Kennedy is a friend of ours and a podcaster that speaks about this, of like the decision-making process. And I, because I think if you're really a critical thinker and you're a part, you, you you want to you really got to want kids so badly because right. you do have to dedicate your life to them right. so that's where you know regret and guilt and postpartum comes in when it wasn't the decision that you maybe should have made and again i can't speak on this as a professional but i feel for women that struggle with the decision on like i thought i did but now i'm not sure mm-hmm. and should i shouldn't i or i'm getting to the age where i need to make this decision or my partner wants them and so yeah. there it's it's a lot of People that know for sure that don't want them, like me, and then women that know for absolutely sure that they do kind right. of have it easier. Right. And I think there's also, like, that, yeah, it's the it's the middle ground that's tough, but it's also, like, the fact that it's never presented as a decision. It's presented as a default that you have to opt uh-huh. out of, uh-huh. which is, like, yeah. so strange. Because if you think of, like, okay, the amount childcare costs, like, don't get me wrong, I, like, as I've said, like, I still think that I do want kids, like, as a, and, like, that's just been you know something that's like still in my mind but it's also like the fact that that just hasn't even been like thought about I think it also is maybe because we're probably in like one of the first generations that even sees that as a consideration because you would also be able to access everything the same if you didn't like get married have kids all of Of that in terms of like opening a bank account owning property Mm -hmm. like all of these things like it wasn't that long ago that women literally could not do that single or the tax implications were far worse and in mm-hmm. which case like it wouldn't make sense. It's been I think a newer thing that your life can have value mm. without children. And right. It's just look at what people can do today that's just outside of being a mother. Of course being a mother is really important. We're obsessed with our mothers but mm-hmm. um, it's been hard to have those conversations for a lot of women with the with their friend circle, with their friends that want kids so badly, with their friends that do have children with their own mothers and when I talked to my mom about not wanting kids it didn't great 
Right. Um, and my mom supports everything that I do. She doesn't mm-hmm. care. But even the way that I formulated the conversation, I think it insulted her. I think right. it was just, you know, that I was rejecting the choices that she made mm-hmm. and the sacrifices that she made. And that, you know, I think my life had more meaning outside of just having children or something. Mm-hmm. And um, I really have, I think about that conversation a lot and how I would change that conversation. Right. Because I just think those those type of conversations yeah. are really tough, especially with your own parents. Well, my mom, I, th- I thought about this recently. My mom has children. She's me and my brother. And but three of her best friends, like in her inner circle, my mom has a million friends. That's where I got it from. But three <laughs> of them don't have children, which is right. kind of for her. I mean, my mom's 70. So right. kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I think about that these 70-year-old women had these child cho- childless by choice lives. Um, the two two are married. One's married, then she remarried. I, whatever. But it is kind of crazy to me that yeah. that generation. That those are the friends that my mom chose too. Mm-hmm. So it, it she never once threw me any shade. But I would say that I actually am not selfless. Like, as in, I'm really not. And I actually have to be, like, I'm a very independent person and therefore I have to be quite selfish to maintain, like, my happy. Which totally. it, which includes me just, like, spending a lot of time alone doing things that make me happy. And I can do that. And could, I've never thought, like, I could potentially do that for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, as in, like, that's actually my... It feels good. It feels, yeah, no, but it's yeah. actually quite... It's quite pleasing. Sometimes I think about making a purchase that is so stupid and no one needs it. And then I'm like, oh, right. I'm the only person yeah. I can pay for it. <laughs> well, you know, we got this. <laughs> no one's burdened. Uh, the, it's will, only me. I want to say that the most impactful message that made me so emotional after this was, I think on our episode, I said, like, obviously my fear is, like, dying alone. You right. know what I mean? Which yeah. it just no one by your bedside. Obviously, I watched my mom be with her mom as she, as she died. And I was there, too. You know, the whole family. But this... A woman wrote us in. I feel like I can't get through this without tearing up. She wrote us in. She said, I'm a hospice nurse. I watch people die all day long. And she was like, I've seen women that have chosen not to have children and they die surrounded by like their loved ones and like their nieces and nephews. And I just, she was like, you, you and Raina are going to be fine. And it like, it hit me so mm, hard yeah. that she sent that message and the meaning behind it. And I always want to say that like, you will end your life how you have built your life right. and how you have chosen. Which is so true and it's so interesting that we think that like the only love we deserve when we would be dying is people who we've given our entire life to. Like, and I think that's quite problematic that as well. Like yeah. the fact that especially we as women it's like like I'm not sure how many men think if I don't have kids I'll die alone like, <laughs> as in, like, like I I've not, never heard a man no, say that like, ever. I think like maybe I maybe that's just but I'd say probably like generalization but I'd say probably less so thinking that and it's like how do we feel like we probably only deserve to die with someone by our bedside if like we've literally given like our bodies Uh our like however many years of our life all of our money like all of this stuff I'm not making decisions for 50 years of my life to like have a comfortable two years at the end and listen (laughs) ask me again at the end I don't know how I'm gonna feel but I don't think I'm gonna feel like that I love the way that you said that like I have built a life where I'm surrounded by a lot of people Mm -hmm. I have great family like relationships and it's just probably not gonna happen that I'll be alone and I will be okay for the next 50 years in the meantime. But mm. also there's no guarantees that those kids that you've dedicated your mm. whole life to will be by your side Not, either. Like mm. there's just no guarantees mm. in life. You would hope, but you never know. I was, they could be little assholes that just, they're like, we don't care. I was um, <laughs> dating some, well, I was sleeping with somebody in my building from Australia. <laughs> it's like, dude, you say one thing and then it's like, Sir, a clarification. Walk it back. Um, like, does have a relationship? She just has one night stands. Um, no, I was sleeping with this guy in my building and he's from Australia and he said, we were talking about having kids and he was like, I see my parents twice a year. 
Like, they dedicated their whole lives to me, all of their money, and I see them two times a year. Mm. Like, do you think that it was worth it for them? Yeah. And And I was like, no, I've gotten to know you. I can tell you it's not worth it for them. (laughs) And also, like, as a parent, you have to be fine with that. Like, I think we always thought parenting was, like, by default, like, usually right, like, how someone would be, whereas your children can't feel like they owe you everything. They can very much feel like, you know, like, they want to love you and all of these things, but feeling like, oh, no, you need to do this because of this is actually, like, widely seen as not okay now (laughs) good thank you i'll send you this i think you would like it mom deserves better than a drugstore card this mother's day surprise her with a truly special personalized card from moonpig add your favorite photos a heartfelt message and we'll even mail it for you the same day all for just five dollars from mom to grandma we have something to celebrate every mom in your life every mom deserves a moonpig card Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, I think this was from some internet thread. Maybe it was like on Reddit about being child without children. And I sent it to you. And that, that woman, she was older. She was like it, an older woman. Maybe yeah. she was like in her 70s. Or yeah, she was much older. And she was like, there's a bunch of different types of women. There's women mm. that chose not to have children. There's women. And one of the things that stuck out was like wit was parents, I guess, that have had children and don't feel like they've gotten enough back from their right. from their kids. And um, I found it to be so impactful. And mm. I I mean, I sent to my mom. My mom chose to have kids. Like, yeah. she wasn't offended. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I found it really impactful. And um, I just, I like that the conversation is Yeah. No, I, I really, really like it. And I think you've done amazing things for it. And how's sleeping with someone in your building going? It's over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't really recommend sleeping with somebody you're no, building. No, good, um, good until it's bad. But it was fine. I mean, I don't – I try to not regret anything that, like, made me happy in the moment or that's a mm-hmm. funny story. I mean, yeah, we I had told so many really s- funny jokes about this so many shows out of that content. I mean, <laughs> I really – I wrote, I, I wrote that – It's an investment. Yeah. His, the, the show was built on his dick. I, it was just <laughs> endless. He has a girlfriend. I see them together all the time. And it wasn't, like, a serious relationship, so yeah. I don't care. He's just with somebody in the building to sleep with. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't feel so flippant about all my relationships but that one yes but oh that yeah that was mean- meaningless <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about obviously you guys go on tour a lot you've talked about how like you're generally always doing shows around the country I feel like not a thing in the UK because there's soon as soon as possible hopefully yeah <laughs> amazing we can't wait everyone will be coming from this episode <laughs> I want to know what the craziest fan experience you've had <laughs> at a like tour thing or anywhere so I just want to say our shows are my favorite thing in the world to do. Mm-hmm. It's just like we're just up there trying to make each other laugh. It is the wildest girls' night. It's so much fun. It's not just like the live podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like no, strippers and dancers at all. We don't record it. <laughs> it's not a podcast. Yeah, like there is a all. reason it's not going online. We're just we're telling get we're telling jokes. We bring guys up on stage. We do like some really crazy stuff. So um, that being said, what's your craziest fan experience? I was wondering what you're going to hit me with. Well, the la- the tour that we did in California at the beginning of this year was just is so crazy in so many ways. I 
I met a guy to show that I ended up sleeping with at night. We connected again. It was really great. A great, like, sexual experience. It was really fun to meet a guy to show. That doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, right. We're, like, not the same as male comedians where yeah. <laughs> women come and they're like, let's do this. So that I, that was, like, the a good positive experience. Mm-hmm. But also on that tour, uh, we were in – in a, in a city, I guess I'll keep this as, like, non-identifying as possible. And at the very end of the show, during, like, um, our, we do this little toast, and this guy runs up on runs up to the stage, and he puts on the stage this, like, little box, like an old, like, antique jewelry box-looking thing. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And this guy's in my DMs. I, I know who he is. He's, like, a little stalker-ish, but I don't feel threatened. He's probably listening right now. Uh, and hey. he puts this thing on the stage, and I was like, what is that? Oh, my God. And our, our assistant grabbed it, and we, she brings it back to the green room. And it was – I opened it, popped it open, and there was a note. I feel like I, I have it. was going to be an engagement ring. The, no- <laughs> <laughs> the note was like, come over. I, I want to eat. <laughs> Come over. I want to eat your ass tonight. And then there was his room key and like how to get to his hotel and the room keys, which it would be great for some guys, somebody who's been kind of a little weird with you. No, no. And I was was crazy. I was hanging out with a guy in that city already. Like Rain and I had gone on the double date with these guys that and I was like, tell the story. Don't tell it. Don't tell it. Oh, sorry. And so I'm hanging out with this guy that he just (laughs) I have a picture of him holding it up. Like, it's funny. (laughs) But it was. Yeah, that was interesting to get room keys and come over. I want to eat your ass. I was I'm like, assuming you didn't go. I'm all enough. set. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. But, no, thank but then you. what? The next two nights later was like another show where that's where I met this guy. This girl brought her single guy friend to the show. He came up on stage. We flirted. We went to the back to the hotel, and that oh my was, god, I love that. It was incredible. Yeah, I love that. And also shows, live yeah. meeting mm-hmm. for everyone else to oh, see. It was, it was iconic. He was so. And hot. then they get like the follow up after story on the podcast. We had our assistant like go get him because like after the show, she, like I had some girlfriends come into the green room and uh, they were like, "All oh, the girls are surrounding him," and I was like, oh, "Those no. disrespectful sluts!" Don't get. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Wait, I was like, for me. "I was like, so go get him. him." So she had to go get him and bring him into the green room. I was like, "This is how athletes do it. Like this is how like men <laughs> yeah, get to live." How they're like, literally, I've had friends who like are at a undisclosed artist names concert yeah and what they'll like yeah like Rock the stars. security will like come out to the front and they're like yeah that's what we did like, i was like come to the green room and it would incredible. be incredible like, it yeah. like turned me on to do it mm-hmm. but anyway um the same tour the same like stretch was a tours, good tour it was a good ass tour um so we just our shows are mostly females at the show and or the guys that come with their girlfriends right. so if there's like a yeah, single guy that's like tatted up looking hot like yeah they get swarmed so mm-hmm. you've got to snatch them out um so but- also a good dating location what you're saying is like men buy tickets no, men don't buy tickets. No, no, really. men should buy tickets. Well, this is, an, this is an instruction. They yeah. will get snapped up. We, we don't like to send that message. Okay, but we sure. are taking it back. No, 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 it's fine. You if can pay really double hot, the price. You just try and date us first, and then afterwards, think about submit a photo send of yourself. Your photos you're going to come. Let us know. But I had re- randomly, I had been following this guy on TikTok with millions of followers, and I thought he was so cute, and I kind of wanted to just get his attention. So mm-hmm. I reposted him on my Instagram story and tagged him, and he was like, Get out of here. I'm such a fan of your show. And I was like, what he's like a younger guy lives in california he's a guy in general like straight guy it's not our demo um and he was just like if you ever come out here whatever to do a show let me know and we were going there so i had um reached out and invited him and i was like do you have a single friend you want to come with and we landed um in their city and him and his friend took us out to dinner and the next day we like our first date we got um tattoos he bought me this boob tattoo and he came to the show and it was so fun and we ended up spending like the whole week with them like in different cities in california randomly uh 
But that was really fun and like lasted for a little while. And I don't meet guys at shows so often. So to like have a fan and you invite them to the show and you bring them to the green room, yeah. I did feel like such a That's badass. such a good story, but also that's a good marriage story. And why why not getting married? Um, I he's wonderful. <laughs> he's like I've not I we like adore him. He's Ugh, so I wonderful. Um, I, he's I was digging his friend too. It was like it was the most hot. fun double date of our life. Oh. And then the next day, we well, next day we went on separate dates with them. <laughs> Raina went and like sat in this tattoo parlor. I looked, took a took the ferry to Sausalito. <laughs> we're like we're very different. Yeah, Raina and we got like Mediterranean food. We're eating a styrofoam. I was like, that's my dream. I love it. We just like it was very cheap. Got tattoos. Loved it. Um, he is quite a bit younger than me, and right. he lives on the West Coast. And right. so it's just like, that's not going to be my person. But mm-hmm. I do think there's space in your life to just have these experiences that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And not everything has to, like, go somewhere. Some Like, this is just, like, a buddy I'm not mine I'll probably have for a long time. I mm-hmm. really like him, and we like his friends, and it's just, like, a nice person to have in your life. But I, Raina, I will tell you one thing. I'll make it short. The Truly, probably the best story is that we do. We used to do live Bumble at our shows, mm-hmm. and we did live Bumble. Um, this was also in, this was in San Francisco. We just really get it in California, and we did live <laughs> yeah. Bumble. Bottom line, we call this guy. This girl's on stage. We're live bumbling for her. She matches with him on Bumble. Someone yells out in the audience, "Facetime him!" We're like, "Okay." So we call him. He, we're like, "Why don't you come down here?" He comes down. We bring him up on stage. We like hold the end of the show. Wait for this fucking guy to show up, and he comes up on stage. And he's like, "What the fuck is actually happening?" It was wild. They ended up not really. They didn't go home together. They didn't hit it off. They split up at the end of the night. And then Raina ends up dating that guy for months. No. <laughs> yeah, it was this crazy thing. I mean, he was like in town by himself for the night. He was like in a hotel. And that is he, insane. We were just like, we'll pay for your drinks in your car if you want to come down here and try to fuck this girl. Like, and he just was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and he like got, it was like 10 o'clock at night. We held the show. It was so crazy. I was like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like, that's the coolest person yeah, I've ever do, met. Right. So I was like, Raina, get in touch with them. Make sure you pay him back for the Uber. We promised. And then they started dating. Yeah. And then. She did pay him we, back for the Uber. She did. And then we go to the city where he lived, and then I then connected with his friend. This is how we do it. And we both kind of dated them through the summer, and then Raina and her guy broke up. So the guy was supposed to come visit me, and Raina was like, well, you're going to end it, right? I was like, of course, girl, I got you. So we had to do this, like, best friend double breakup. It was, like, so insane. He had a flight booked. I paid him back for the flight. I was like, yeah, this is over. <laughs> Oh my this god. Was only because of rain. <laughs> Have you found like dating and relationships hard since the podcast has blown up? People ask us that. You, sorry. No, no. I mean, d- dating's always it's always hard. I, I mean, I don't This is very this is the t- title of my memoirs. I don't care. <laughs> like I just <laughs> I, I I don't know how to answer that. Like I I've, I've yeah. met so many more guys. I've had I date all the time. I right. have these fun sexual experiences. Like, we travel the world. I think dating in New York is tough no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think there's, like, data and statistics surrounding this and why mm-hmm. it's tough for women, especially women that are, like, Probably older, successful. like, double the amount of yeah, women so, to men. It's, it's Not a, just women to men, but, like, educated women to right. educated men. And, right. And like your age and all, all kinds of things. So, mm. and then I, I, I don't think I'm everyone's cup of tea. I don't right. think that what I, what we do for a living is attractive to some men, but it is to others. So mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not going to stop doing yeah. what we're doing. And it is to the ones that you'd want to date. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't, I don't think yeah. about it. Like, I, 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 I've had, I mean, I've kept been doing this for so many years, like, I haven't had a serious relationship, but I've dated so much. I've slept with so many people. I'm not, like, having a hard time meeting right. guys. Right. Uh, I do want a relationship. That would be great. I don't feel like I have much to give in terms of time and energy right, right now. But 
It's a tough question to answer because, yeah, I think the intimidation factor becomes mm-hmm. greater with the more success that we get and mm-hmm. the, the how open we are. I think, so, yeah, of course, some guys are scared. We would talk about mm-hmm. them on the podcast, but those aren't guys that we would probably be with in the first place. So yeah, right. very multi-layered question. I do hope I find somebody that accepts me for everything that I do and every, everything I am, and I'm not going to change. Yeah, but you're not going to change it. What we're doing because I've, yeah. I've never been happier. Of like, course. It's just like, and I think know. it's so interesting that we would ever consider the other way. Like, I think that I, you know, a lot of the conversation around, like, when you go on a first date with someone, it's like, oh, I wonder if they'll like me. I wonder if, like, all of this. Like, mm-hmm. it's always that way around rather than kind of being like... Do I like that? Yeah. Absolutely. Which is so insane mm-hmm. because it's also, like, why would you... Okay, so say, like, you manage to, like, quote-unquote trick someone into liking you based on, like, them being... Based on being right, the like, version of them. This? Literally, like, mm-hmm. based on being the version that they'd like. Totally. So maybe you're less, like outspoken maybe you're less like you talk about your work less or money less or sex less any of these things like how long are we acting for what's like the plan? I'm, I'm yeah. uncomfortable what's the point of this, this and is people, a lot of effort people always want to know what is it like to date for me and her because we talk about sex and dating relationships mm-hmm. on the show but I'm always like what's the alternative right. it's the most important thing I've ever done right. in my life it is my favorite thing I've ever done in my life it means more to me than any person will ever mean to me relationship wise mm-hmm. so uh, what am I going to not do it And I feel like most of the people I've... Listen, all my relationships that have ended while we've had the podcast are not because of the podcast. Right. Right. (laughs) They're because of my personality. And... Because they're because of me. I made a breakup. They're because with them. of Ashley. Actually, it's not because I'm a workaholic or right. you know I'm so crazy and I talk about our sex life. You know, I feel like most of the people that I have dated throughout this time have really gotten a kick out of listening to me talk about them on the show right. and have been really open to me discussing our lives. And I'm not going to say anything to embarrass anybody. If I'm yeah. dating somebody, I assume that their sister is listening and right. their friends and their coworkers. And I have tact and class, and I can I can hold it together, but. Um, it hasn't stopped us from having relationships. It stopped certain people from dating us, probably. But I don't—that's not my problem. So it's a good. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know those people. It's a good filtering service, I find. Like I feel like that's yeah. particularly like you want a free filtering service to see who's right and who's not right. I went on a date like two weeks ago with this guy who came with a friend to our show, oh. and <laughs> we play fuck Mary kill with like random guys in the audience. Yeah. And he came up and he like choked me and picked me up, and I was like, oh. Yeah, like I, I like a guy that sees what I do and then wants to still wants to mm. date me, hang out with me, and mm. I'm, I listen. Our our bar is high, right? It's not it's it's so high. I love my life. I love spending time with myself. I right. have so many friends, family. This job that is, consumes our life. Like someone needs to add to my life, and I really want somebody that doesn't isn't too needy like i want someone that's living the same type of life as me i don't need to see them all the time if they can live on the west coast it's it's totally fine so that's part of it too it's not this like willing to settle type of thing i don't want children i don't really care about getting married so it's like i always think of this um Mar- this comedian we love her name is marie faustin she's so funny you can follow her on tiktok instagram reezy with a bunch of e's is her handle and she's like if i'm still single at 40 the bar is even higher right like it, and i love that take of like no it doesn't get lower it doesn't get desperate it actually gets uh-huh. higher because yeah. someone needs to add to your already yeah. very full life right and i think that what's interesting is like there was definitely a stage of my career where like the more and more i was like growing online the more and more i was like when i'm single this is literally like instagram's everyone's dating profile like it it, it is mm-hmm. like it's your it's your fucking portfolio like it's literally like mm-hmm. this is who i am this is what i look like like all of these yeah. things and 
even more so if you are doing your career online. And I remember I went through this phase of being like, oh, I've got to make sure like I post this type of thing and this type of thing. And then it's like, who am I curating this for? Because also like <laughs> the only person I should be curating this for is like myself. Mm -hmm. If there's any like version of myself that is being portrayed that is inaccurate to actually what I am, then like what is the end goal here like where like fine okay there might be someone who generally you know wouldn't like someone who's x y and z and then they're like they don't think i'm like that and therefore it's great and therefore they're like really excited and we date and all of that but it's like but i'm not like that like as in uh -huh. like at the end and i think as women we really think of it in the other way a lot of the time and it's kind of like or at least i know a lot of people who do where it's kind of just like the more you you are, the more you are going to attract the person I who agree. wants that. And I think 100%. that her and I are – my brother says the number one question he gets about us is, are they really like that in person? Or right. is this a show or is this who they are? And, I mean, I can't speak for myself. I think I'm incredibly authentic. But, like, if you meet Ashley, she is exactly who right. you see on the internet, on our show. It's This is exactly what our friendship is like. Yeah. We just are like this. You know, yeah. there's – what? how long can you string people along <laughs> not being yeah. who you are? I mean, I think – twice about offending people of mm -hmm. course but yeah, other than course. that we just this is what it is what you see is what you get yeah mm -hmm. i love that we're gonna go to instagram questions okay, okay. oh how to get out of toxic jealous mindsets when you're seeing someone Number one to me is like, let's identify why do we feel like this? Right. Is it because you're always jealous and you've been cheated on before? Or is it because this person right. is doing something to right. really yes. make you feel jealous and uncomfortable and yep. not secure? And then, you know, the past sort of split. And it's like, how do I deal with this? If you're dating somebody you don't trust, I would not date that person. Mm -hmm. It's not going to feel better. But if you are just bringing in insecurities from the past, you really can tell – like. People that are going to cheat on you are going to find a way to cheat on yes, you. Right. Nagging them to not do it or People being like, why do you look at that girl? Families. Like, of they're going to be able sure. to do it if they want to do and it. And my point, too, was like, yes, of course, like Raina said, like, if you find if you feel insecure with somebody for, for a real reason, mm -hmm. you know, but if it's in your head, that's mm -hmm. a different story with someone who is being faithful. Right. And I think probably one of the, like, differentiators is probably the fact that, like, if you feel jealous with everyone or like you yep. feel like you need to be like that with everyone then it's probably you if it's the other way around then it's yes. probably the person and I would also say that that was one of the first like reading about like sounds like probably will mostly be anxious attachment style like to be to kind of act that way as in I'm not saying all anxious attachment styles at all but like it sounds like a part of it and also like understanding what types of partners are good for you because like sometimes you are just the type of person who just needs someone who like who is very openly reassuring and like secure and like all of these things um, well I talk about in the book that you know you can find the securest attached style person that finds somebody who's avoidant that like breaks that person down yeah. and makes you really anxious so are you with a partner that makes you feel secure so i think short answer is read attached right if you haven't yeah and then um we have a great episode with andrew huberman about it too where we talked about i think the main takeaway from that was if you are anxious can you even be with an avoidant person and right. i really like the way he answered it and it's mm -hmm. kind of based on like if they're able to offer you consistency in some way so if you haven't even if you're this person asking this and you haven't even read Attached, I, that's where to start. That's yeah, that's a great idea. I love that. How to deal with having a higher sex drive than your partner? Do you think you can be with people who have a completely different sex drive? Do I think that it can work out? Mm. I mean, I think everybody has a different answer to that. For me, it would be very difficult. So yeah. Sex ranks incredibly high. I have – my last boyfriend does – he's a comedian, does a joke on stage about how I had the highest sex drive. Like, he, I was more – how did he formulate it? 
she was more sexually aggressive than anybody I've ever dated. Something like that. Um, I I want to have phone sex. I want to be sexting. I want pictures. I want to. We had sex like three times a day. I sometimes one day I was my mom heard right to have phone sex on my, bro- <laughs> on my brother's wedding weekend. Oh my god, tell the story, please. That's it. That's the story. And I came down the next morning and like I was like, oh, let me just see if I'm just gonna say anything. <laughs> No one said anything at first. Like, Ashley's family will make fun of you. So no one said anything to me at first. And then everybody got downstairs and she brought it up. I was like, I've disrespected this family right she now. Said I, he said I was more hypersexual than anybody's ever okay. did. Um, but to really answer the question, um, I it would be really hard for me. Sex is really important to me. And, like, fun, creative, different sex is really important to me. Um, I think it's tough to date somebody that's a different sex drive than you. And I think that for women – it can leave you feeling not desired. It right. can feel, you know, sex is a way to express love and closeness. And I think that if you're not getting what you want from your partner, it can feel really bad. Can it work out? Sure. I think that, you know, there's always therapy. There's always like, let's try this thing I heard on this podcast. Let's bring this thing into our relationship. Why aren't we having sex? We had this great guest on our show and um, Ian Kerner, who's a psychotherapist, and he talks about um, responsive desire. Um, versus spontaneous desire and spontaneous right. being like when you're in the beginning of a relationship and everything turns you on about this person, right. you just want to fuck all the time versus responsive, which means you have to work on it a little more. You have to respond to something at some point. And um, we're not going to always be in this like spontaneous desire phase with people. So you do have to work on it. Well, to me, this is like, are we talking about a relationship that they've been in a relationship for a while where the sure. sex used to be good or are we brand new into it? So, I mean, it depends on, there's so many factors. Read all Ian Kerner's books for this and listen to him wherever you can on our show. We've had him on twice, but if, if it's a long-term relationship, sex changes. So right, that's totally. a whole different animal than someone who just doesn't care about sex as much as you at the beginning. So if I'm with somebody that's just, they just don't care that much. Like, it's like, I don't think that's, I'm probably not going to continue down that road. Right. But it's so many different factors could go into just your, what, what you're dealing with hormonally and whatever it yeah. is later down the road. And right. that's when there's like so many resources out there. For sure. I also love how every question, con- considering the fact that the like critics of talking about sex will be very much like, oh, it's a not, not a serious topic. Every single question's had a book in it to read, which I really <laughs> love. I mean, I could show you books. Emily Nagoski is another one. I mean, we could go all day. Um, also, if you're with a partner that like shames you for wanting to like be a certain way, I dated somebody that's just from the south. He just was more right. conservative, and I was trying to talk about different. I don't imagine that just, just something I was trying to talk to him about, and he was I like, "I don't know why we have to talk about this." And I was just like, "Okay, this is not for many reasons, but like not a match for me. If you're gonna like shame me for wanting to yeah. talk about this stuff, that's silly." Right? How does someone find someone to be in a relationship with when dating apps are really the only way of meeting new people? Well, I disagree with right. that. Um, so. No, no so shade no. to that person. Uh, I, we don't. I mean, Rain isn't. has never done apps ever. Right. And I, uh, I've never even gone a second date from an app. I've right. been on all the first dates. I've been on so many, and any guy that I've had anything long lasting with is someone right. I met in the wild. Right. So, uh, we've again done apps. Not to direct everybody to our podcast, but we've done episodes on this. Um, how to meet people in right. the wild and. Um, we also have had, we had a great guest on John Berger who has written two books and he talks about thinking about people you already know. Do you have, do you, is there someone you run into at the coffee shop in the morning? Do you, is your friend's cousin available? Right. You know, like my brother sent me up with somebody one mm. time, like who was like a friend of a friend kind of thing. So I like that. I mm-hmm. like just taking the mindset out of it that it all relies on dating apps because it's not true. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to go out. So, you know, people aren't going to find, they're not going to break your door down and find you on the couch. So if you don't <laughs> want to leave your house to meet somebody, yeah, you probably have to go on dating apps or there's so much to be said about asking your friends to please yes. set you up. We did right. a whole episode about that too. And DMing some people, somebody. Yeah. I yeah. mean, literally just yeah. slide into somebody's DMs yeah. and just be like, hey, you're cute. I think that it's so easy to strike up a conversation at a bar. Hey, what's good here? What drinks are good here? Yeah, we did. I mean, this is not easy for everybody. I want to validate that also. Matthew Hussey is also a great person that talks about how to even meet someone in a bar. Because right. that's not, I mean, I've met guys doing stand up. Not everybody's out here on on these comedy streets. Like, it's. You got to tell the story about um, when we sent that guy that thing, your idea. You got to tell the story. Oh, this this guy walked <laughs> into this restaurant. I was like, Raina, that's your exact type. I couldn't have, like, designed a better man. And mm-hmm. he, Beautiful. we were, we were <laughs> like, dining on the kind of the indoor outdoor patio. And then he went and sat and we sent him over one cookie. Because you never know if people drink these days. And I'm he was just like a, a group of guys. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley's like, just send one cookie. Well, they have these amazing cookies. That's their only dessert at this place. And the, it's just for you. Like the general manager was hovering around our table. He was being so funny. And so he sent it over and then he reported back. He was like, he wants you to go share the cookie with him. So Raina started right over. And <laughs> just, yeah, there's this fear of rejection. But what's the right. alternative? But also with everything else, like you have to practice. Like it's very much like the men pursuing the girls until it gets to it. Like I'd say from what I've heard, there's a lot more forwardness in the US from women than there is from in the UK. And I would say that should change in the UK. Like, yeah. as in, like, it yeah. just, like, what's the worst that can happen going Men up to someone being in the like, UK. Um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, again, short answer on this one, John Berger's book, there's a whole, like, challenge of getting off the app. So it's, like, right. there's, like, I don't know. I forget how it's structured. I didn't actually do the full challenge, but he's oh, great. great. But there's literally, like, how like, to stop up. doing the apps here is how to get set All the ways that he does it that. and then meeting people in the wild with, like, Matthew Hussey is great at, like, walking you through it. Like, from step step one of, like, eye contact. Like, it's right. how do we even get close to mm-hmm. someone Proximity-wise, um, yeah, we went to this happy hour in in this at the net, ho- at the in, net London. in London. Oh yes, Raina was making out with somebody at six p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes after meeting them, literally, like, he's walked up. in from work. Half I an know, hour I take one sip of my drink. She's making out. It was six o'clock, <laughs> and then his friend was like, "I want to eat your butt." Like, are you staying here? And then we, I was like making eyes with this other guy, and we like went to go to like the vault downstairs, and then that guy was like, "I've been staring at you. I've been seeing you stare at me." It was wild. It was three guys within, I mean, twenty minutes, and I. I was like, Raina, are you good? Like, you should move here for sure. <laughs> Suddenly she's got a one-way flight. The one I made out with, I couldn't understand a word that came out of his mouth. It was, was, was he British? Yeah, it was a thick accent. But it's also loud. They're, like, I really loud. Any Happy sort of... Hour. Oh, I thought you meant men, the men. Oh, like, when there's music, there's a live band there. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. I, I can accent, envision the setting. I need I'm captions. envisioning, like, Raina on top of, like, you know, that stand where they have the instruments on? She's, yeah, like, yeah. on there getting with this man. <laughs> Yeah, there like was legs a band up there. It was so loud. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also, like, I feel like when you have, like, big vacation energy, like, we were setting off on our, like, three-week <laughs> oh, trip to around here. Yes, right. Yes. Um, I just, I'm, you're so open to everything. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, why do you always meet people on vacation? Because the stakes are so low. You're yeah, you're like, well, yeah. I'm going to leave anyway. I fucked our driver in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you meet somebody. That's how you meet somebody. This guy was... So hot. Really? It was outrageous. He liked her attitude problem. So he zeroed in on her and he was like, you seem <laughs> bossy, is what he said. <laughs> I was like, okay. I love that. Yeah. Well, listen, it was a one night stand. We never spoke again. And Raina was like, yeah, Ashley, you fucked the driver. What'd you expect? She's like, I thought I'd hear from him more. <laughs> 
<laughs> the best thing about what we do, and especially Raina, obviously, but I also do stand-up comedy, is like getting to tell these stories on stage. Mm. I mean, it's like my that story and then the guy in that I met at the show are my two best back-to-back stories. There's a whole like you know, it's not important, but there's like a, a component of the sexual experience and I just really it's like such a it's so nice. Yeah. Especially if you, we always say like if you feel like you something didn't work out with a guy, you feel like you got ghosted, you got dumped, like it's so fun to like it's a story to to get content out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything is content. Mm-hmm. What a great fucking job. <laughs> and even that. just telling your friends at brunch, like that's what we always say. Mm-hmm. It's like this is how we bond. Right. You know, like women, we love that story. Oh, we no, love that I will insane walk story. Into, like a I have no better, like, if anyone meets me in person, I think people would think I'd be a lot more private. I am literally, like, I'll walk in, I'll meet someone there, and I'll be like, I went on the weirdest date last yes, night. Yes, like, uh-huh. like, we were, like, that is how I you. make, that is literally how I make friends with people. Yes. Uh-huh. Like, I would, I was. That's like, how women bond. Yeah. Like, there was this shoot, like, I can't remember where it was, a, it was a few months ago, and I'd, like, gone on this date the night before, and my manager was there in the morning, and she, like, obviously wanted a full debrief, and I, like, walked in, like, <laughs> like, my eyes, like, <laughs> um, walked in, like, sat down, and I was like. Like the makeup artist there, like, and I was like, "Hey, I'm just about gonna tell the story of the date." Wait, she was well, like, I want to know the like, story. Oh, I can't tell you the story. Okay, we'll do it offline. Yeah, this is how, we, this is how we actually. It actually, it actually, oh, it's a great story by now. Um, but as essentially just like sat there, and this makeup artist is just there, being like, being like, "Hey, nice to meet you." And then she's just like painting my face while I'm being like, "And then yes," and like full, like that's literally how. I, d- I just feel like the more we can be open about those things, it's also more the things that we would like, the sources of things that embarrass us, like getting ghosted, getting like any of these things that we're like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like, I wish someone hadn't done that. Like, those are the th- that's how, like, vulnerability is literally how you bond. Yes. yes. And going back to the friend conversation, like, right. again, this is not easy for everybody. And of, of course, you could say something about a bad date you went on, and I, it could be the wrong person that makes you feel weird about it. But I think just keep that in your mind, I guess, women who are listening who are maybe having trouble making friends. Like, telling somebody, like, if you're in a conversation, you're having small talk, and it comes up that you went on a bad date last night, I am honed in. That's how to be my friend. Um, I'm like, I need to know this story. You know, like, things like that are just, I think it's a nice thing to keep in mind, like, of how to make friends, like, the actual content that bonds us together in the first place. I completely agree. I feel like joint vulnerability is like the way in. Yeah, I will do it in any yes. scenario. Like, there's never an inappropriate scenario for me to be telling about it. Like, coming like I have a UTI right now, so right. I'm just kind of struggling. You know, just like uh-huh. telling people something that's personal, you're like bonded immediately. Right. I was at this house in the Hamptons, staying with these people. I was like, God, I fucking hate these people. That just it wasn't my wasn't my crew. People. This girl was telling me the, the longest, dumbest story, and then she said something <laughs> like. I've been with this guy for eight years and he won't marry me. And I was like, screw! Like, I was and like, we have around everyone. <laughs> yeah. I was That's so, so true. Was like, let's unpack this. Um, so why doesn't he want to get married? Let's talk about why you need to get married. And I just, <laughs> all these girls me. started to gather and it was just like the best conversation. Yes. If, when women just, just open up and like <laughs> say, do that, I'm like, I feel so lucky. I'm like you're one of you're you're like us. Like right, you're one of us. And like it's always it's always like nice. Like when you're in a new environment, it's so easy to feel like you can't get past that like level. Especially if there are people there who you don't think will respond well to that. Yep. But like in any even like work, like I feel like in a working environment, obviously they need to be professional. Like as in like there's there's lines. Like and also we can't <laughs> really be talking about like sex with everyone. Otherwise, it, like there's workplace rules. And- <laughs> I'm not trying to make we don't know, have an HR department um, at our company. I'm not trying to make like yeah, um, make I'm people comfortable. To, yeah, of course, of course, exactly. Of course. But like even you know, like as in 
getting that back from people and even like there have been like shoots I've been on with my company and it's like we're you know it's a few days and we're away and like all of this and as soon as like you're able like I'll just bring something up that's like that type of thing and it's like instantly everyone's just like oh thank god like it's like a breath of like it's like everybody does this stuff and you know I Ashley and I launched a company recently. It's it's sex toys with a parrot app and all this erotic audio it's content. Amazing. It's really exciting. But yeah, I grew we up. Yeah, we brought you a gift. I grew up yeah. like masturbating and not knowing that other women knew how to do this trick. Like I never, I was like, oh, I just get to like rub this thing and I get the best feeling in the world. I didn't know other women knew how to do this until I was like 23. You've discovered it. You're I thought I like invented that. this trick. So I didn't know that other women like were doing this. And like to have this podcast where we can talk about the sex toys right. and masturbating and people's fantasies. Um, Ashley produces a lot of the content in the app, all the erotic audio stories, and just to like be able to normalize that and have women be like, yeah, use my vibrator with this app, and I listen to this story, and the best orgasm of my life, we sell these toys that are really phenomenal, and people rave about them. What, and it, What's the wait list thing? Where everything's in stock right now. Oh, and, I love um, that. So yeah, vibes But only. they've Dot sold com. out over and over. The, the, yeah, the one that's called the Reina just keeps... Flying out the door. The clit oh. sucker. We yeah. bought you a we brought you a toy. Um and we have we brought you the Ashley, which is so beautiful and it's gold it has a gold handle and it's our toys are so pretty and yeah. they're such a great gift to get from and brought your, you some lube. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. This is so fun. Love the conversation. You're amazing. This is my dream come true. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com